You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together. Make some chilling noise for your haunted wild catters, those spooky Bosco boys. The boys are back, and it's time for our October QA episode. Uh, when I say the boys are back, it is just me. Scott Grant is celebrating his beautiful girlfriend's birthday. They're out having fun, spending time with family. So it is going to be just me for this October Q&A episode. It has been an eventful week in KC Athletics, despite it being a bye week. So we are going to touch on some of those things. But before, but before we do that, going to give a shout out to our great sponsor, Bet online. The wait is finally over. Guys, we are full-fledged in it. We're going to have the World Series going on. We have the NFL. We have all the college football you want. The Big Ten is finally back, so it's time to get over to Bet Online. If you use promo code ARMCHAIR, you can take advantage of all the awesome welcome and sign-up bonuses. They have everything you could want from live in-game wagering to prop bets to you know anything, anything. You can even gamble on the presidential debates coming up. Get over to Bet Online today and have fun wagering. Okay. So let's just get into it. Eventful week. So what everyone expected, maybe not everyone, but what we at least hinted on, it came out public knowledge. Skylar Thompson is done for the season, had some upper body surgery. I believe it is pectoral or maybe shoulder. Not 100% sure, but it's an upper body surgery. He is done for the year. So now everyone is wondering, okay, what what's that mean for this season? What does it mean for next season? What does it mean for Skyler's legacy? I, I Again, I don't have any answers to any of that. I just have my own personal opinions, which is something that has been criticized quite often. Um, what it means for next season, uh, this might surprise folks. I think it all depends on how Will Howard does this year. If he really starts to find his own and improve and get to the point by the end of the year where he looks like a real Big 12 quarterback, then honestly... I would think that it's best for the K-State program maybe to 
find a different home for Skyler if he wants to continue to play. Or if he comes back, he has to know that, hey, you have Will Howard who had a good end to the season. You have a highly graded four-star recruit in Jake Rubley coming in. You have to make sure that uh, everyone is on the same page if he comes back. Now, if Will Howard doesn't really improve on what we have seen so far, um, then you, you definitely want to bring him back. We are seeing right now that the talent and coaching combination means that this team uh, at least can have dreams of competing for a Big 12 title. Again, I I want to see us make sure we beat KU and beat West Virginia before I'm really going all in on the dream for Arlington stuff and then definitely see how we play versus Oklahoma State. But we've already seen that, hey, we can take care of business versus TCU. We can take care of business versus Texas Tech. We beat Oklahoma back-to-back years. So I think it would be stupid to just cast Skyler off to his, to the side if Will Howard doesn't have some drastic improvements. And again, he's a true freshman. He's 18. There are some kids in his situation that are still in high school. I'm not trying to uh, come off as too hot takey at all because I think Will Howard has some tools to be a really good quarterback. But if you don't see drastic improvement between now and the end of the season, I think you'd be stupid not to want Skylar Thompson to come back. Um, What it means for us this year, I mean, I think at this point we all, almost everyone was ready to, okay, Skylar's done for this season. Let's see what Will Howard does. It's exactly what I said. You have had a bye week. Now you're having KU. It should be a winnable game. Their secondary is not very good. They don't get consistent pressure. So you really should see his passing game improve from what we saw versus TCU, which is a very salty and creative defense. So again, I'm not trying to hold any of that against them. So We'll see what happens for the rest of the year. And then it instantly goes to, okay, what's Skylar Thompson's legacy? And it's going to be a messy one. I think of him almost in the same light as uh, Kamal Stokes if you're going to a different uh, sport. Kamal Stokes, I think, got a lot of hate, was not truly appreciated. I think that mainly had to do with he he was sharing the court with two guys in his recruiting class that were all-time greats at K-State being all Big 12 performers and then a guy like Xavier Sneed. Uh Again, Kamal Stokes won a Big 12 title, helped start it on a team that went to the Elite Eight, so I don't think it's a perfect comp. But I do think that Kamal Stokes doesn't get the credit he deserves. I don't think Skylar Thompson from the greater K-State fan base will get what he deserves. In the Snyder era to present, I think he he has a shout to be in that you know bottom of the second tier or third tier quarterback. Again, no one's going to touch Michael Bishop or Colin Klein for what they accomplished. And then you have the guys like Chad May and uh, Beasley for what they accomplished too. After that, I give shouts to Josh Freeman, of course. And then, yes, Jake Waters. He had a 9-1 season. Uh, he had one of the all-time most prolific throwing seasons around. But after that, I think it has to be Skylar Thompson. I think he's in that same category almost as Jesse Ertz. Jesse Ertz, I think, had the potential to be uh, up with Jake Waters, Beasley-type quarterback if he wouldn't have had the injury troubles he had. But I think that right after you know, Jake Waters, I think you have Skylar Thompson, and then you have Jake or, or, uh, you have Ertz. So that's where I'm at. I'd be interested to know where you guys all land. Again, I think uh, he had the potential. And again, if this season goes a little different, if he stays healthy and if he gets his team to Arlington, then I think he squarely is in that group with Beasley and you know up there. So 
uh, and ahead of Jake Waters. I think he, I, I legitimately think he could have been no doubt in front of Jake Waters if he doesn't get hurt this season, lose the end of this season. But, you know, you have to, when you're talking legacy, you have to go with what you saw. So, uh, Skyler, uh, we love you here at Bosco's Boys. We wish you nothing but the best. If this is the end of your time at K-State, I think whatever you decide to go into, you're going to be successful. If you come back next year, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, but, you know, it, it's sad that a, a cheap shot hit ends, ends, a, ends a guy like Skyler Thompson's season. You just hate to see it. The other big piece of news, Joshua Youngblood decides to transfer I don't want to get too much into rumors, innuendo, or anything like that. You, you, you don't like seeing guys transfer. I think in the case of Coach Kleiman, I don't think that he is someone who is going to uh, just let a kid go if, if he thinks stuff can be worked out. I don't know what, what happened. I just know that the kid went through a lot, two off-season leg injuries. He showed flashes in special teams last year. He never really was a great offensive weapon, and he hasn't hadn't shown the flashes that we had all hoped to see so far this year. But the kid's far away, away from his family. This pandemic, not getting to go home during that time, probably had a massive effect on him. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, he, he was 18, 19, 20. I, I don't know how old Joshua Youngblood is. But I know during the pandemic when I was just isolated in my apartment, not being able to see anyone, it took a massive toll on my mental health. So I can't imagine a kid having to go through a pandemic, two leg surgeries, be away from his family, and all everything that went uh, on his plate. So I hope he finds a place where he can flourish in college football. I'll miss him. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, it was on ESPN's bottom line ticker. I had some folks from other schools in the Big 12 be like, oh my God, Youngblood left like worried saying what, what's going on. If you're looking just at the football, it's not it's not devastating. He, he was a talented kid. He was an athletic kid, but he had not learned how to play wide receiver. In uh, the chances he's had to take back kicks this year, hasn't had that explosion. And honestly, we have plenty of guys who have the field vision and athleticism to take back kicks if the blocking is there. I'm not trying to devalue what he did last year, devalue him as a potential football player, but if you're looking at the immediate impact of this football team, it doesn't really change anything. So the last few things I'll, I'll touch on before we get into uh, into all your guys' questions. Uh, massive win for K-State soccer, 3-0 win over Oklahoma. It was a big win for the program. Again, they've struggled this year. Uh, it was going to be very tough on them. Still just trying to build a program up from nothing. In, in the Big 12 is tough for soccer. I was happy to see that. Also, volleyball, they had gotten ranked. They took Texas to the brink in the first uh, game of their doubleheader. Took it to all five sets. Got swept yesterday. But Texas is the best team in the country. So I'm really happy to see what you know the volleyball team has turned into this year. I didn't have a lot of high hopes for them. But they've, they've shown a lot of grit and gotten some dubs so far. And I was very happy to see that 3-0 win for soccer. And then the last thing I'll say is I've been hearing some whispers out of basketball program. Casey Isiagu, keep an eye on him early in the season. I think we are going to be blown away from what this guy can do. Um, I don't want to, maybe me saying that right there hypes him up too much and I'm giving too much, 
too many expectations for a kid transferring in. I've heard some great things about him. I think he might be the underrated guy that folks aren't really looking to at the beginning of the season. Also hearing great things about Nigel Pack early. So I think there's going to be a lot of fun moments in basketball season. Again, I'm not going to predict us to go back to the NCAA tournament, but I think they're going to get a few more wins than maybe folks will anticipate. Before we get into the questions, want to dive into manscaped.com. Again, if you use promo code armchair, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Again, they have the lawnmower 3.0, which is the single greatest body grooming piece of electronics I've ever laid my eyes on. Guys, this is going to take care of you. You're going to be perfectly manscaped. You can do it in the shower because it's waterproof. It has an LED light. No nicks, snags, or cuts to your nuts. I promise you're going to love it. They also have the single greatest boxer briefs in the history of the world. Again, I can't pump those up enough. If you send me a receipt from manscaped.com, I'll send you a Bosco's Boys koozie. And again, they're the official online wagering partner of the Armchair Media Network, Bet Online. Guys, all the college football you can want is there. You have the NFL. You have the World Series. It's time to get over to Bet Online and have a little fun wagering on sports. Use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the welcome bonuses. Okay. We're going to get into the questions. As always, use hashtag AskBosco because that's how we find them. It's the easiest way to do it. If you don't use the hashtag, I can't promise that we're going to find them. Um, So we're just going to get into it. Uh, A lot of great questions. Going back to a few that Grant and and, uh, Nick Lucky and Dr. Hazen Short weren't able to get to. So KSU Railroader asks, how long until Texas and Michigan – tried to throw stupid money at Kleiman to get after him. I'll tell you this, if he make whenever he if he, if he were to make it to Arlington this year and if or even if he were to just finish off this season strong, I think any major opening will at least give him a look. I think it was very important to give him that raise, show that hey, we're willing to do this. I think that there will be a big program to come after Chris Kleiman. And we're going to have to sweat it out. I mean, I I don't think it'll be Texas. I think Texas likes to go with someone who has more roots in the South, someone who is a little bit flashier, someone who is uh, more recruiting-oriented. But, you know, I think Michigan will look at him. I think Iowa will look at him. I think think any Big Ten opening from now until the time where Chris Kleiman has a statue out in front of the stadium, if that ever happens – um, I'm going to sweat it out because I, I think Big Ten schools will come after him. The Cole Hanger asks, does K-State ever get to a number one ranking under Kleiman? Uh, happened, you know, twice for Bill. Oh, man, will they get to number one? I would say no. I would say no, but again, anything's possible. Uh, if you ever have, like, a real good season start off the preseason rankings in the top ten, coming off a real good season, uh New Year's Six Bowl type season, and then you start the season hot, maybe. I would say no, but I'm not going to put anything past him. Uh, SL Keck asks, if Kleiman is here in 10 years, how many Big 12 titles does he have? I would say one. I, I would say he gets at least one, maybe two, 10 years from now. Uh, Dino Shores asks, after three weeks of conference play, do we have a big enough sample size to think KSU may have one of the best 
uh, defenses in the Big 12. Yes, if you're saying one of the best, 100%, there's enough there. Saying the absolute best, no. I don't. I think you need to probably get through halfway through, so another game or two before you could say maybe the best. But definitely has one of the best, especially if you if you get rid of that first half versus uh, Oklahoma, and if you get rid of the third quarter versus Texas Tech, um, then yes, you can. But again, you can't you can't be picking and choosing your sample size. But it is one of one of the best. Uh, Prez 4 asks. Was there a chance Skyler could have made an NFL practice squad as an undrafted free agent before the injury? I think so because there was senior bowl chatter around Skyler Thompson. Anytime that there's senior bowl chatter around one of your players, you have to think he's going to at least be brought in for a rookie mini camps and maybe make it to training camp. Um, the injury, I think, is going to put a kibosh on all that. I don't think that it's probably in the cards for him. I think if he wants to play at the next level, he needs to come back and then he just needs to decide with the coaching staff at K-State, his family, whether or not it's the best spot to be at K-State or if he needs to go somewhere else to try to earn a senior bowl invite in 2021 or get on some you know undrafted free agent radars. Um, but I do think it, there was a shot... I, like I said before the injury, I, th- I think he probably would have ended up maybe at the Senior Bowl. So, uh, sadly, not in the cards anymore. We'll see what happens in the future. Um, C underscore NRAD asks, what was your pumpkin carving masterpiece? I'm not very – I think I can be creative at times, but I'm not very crafty, artsy. I'm not great with my hands when it comes to, uh, you know, handyman type stuff or designing stuff or I've never been a great color drawer or anything like that. So I've never had a great pumpkin masterpiece. I think Grant maybe might have a sneaky good pumpkin story. I'm not sure. So maybe if he listens back to this, he can tweet into the boneheads and let him know what his best pumpkin ever was. Uh, T Hannah 100 asks, what do you project as the offensive starters based on recent play? Um... I think he's talking football there. I, I mean, ugh. I mean, I, I think I don't think you're going to see any changes. I, I think Will Howard's going to continue to be at quarterback. Deuce Vaughn's there. I would like to see someone besides KT Leviston at left tackle, but you know, I'm not sure if that's going to be in the cards. And again, wide receiver. That's that's such a. Oh man, such an interesting thing to think about. You you got to think eventually Malik Knowles figures it out. I think all it takes is one big game from him, and he is going to figure it out. So him uh, out there, and I mean we've seen great things from DJ Render at this point. You've seen great things from Sebastian Taylor at this point. Seth Porter, I saw him in a ton of practice video the other day. It's 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 very interesting. I think wide receiver is the last kind of holdover to it still feeling like the Bill Snyder era where you're trying to just piece together walk-ons and figure it out there. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I don't, I don't see a lot of changes in offense, uh, in the offensive starting lineup. Uh, Prez04 is back into it. Has a player ever backed out of a transfer and stayed? I'm hope, not hoping for anyone to – I'm not hoping for anyone to stay, but the Youngblood news has me curious. I'm not sure. And, again, the Youngblood transfer was – um, a little, a little puzzling. You know, he he seemed very close to the coaching staff, and it was surprising. I'm sure it's happened before, um, where a player has thought about transferring and then came back. I nothing's coming to me off the top of my head. I I wouldn't hold my breath uh, for Youngblood saying I, 
I I don't know enough about it to make a real prediction, but I don't see it happening, and I don't have a good example off the top of my head. Uh, Prezo4 also asks, he has a lot of one. He wins the golden uh, dog bone for questions this episode. Have you watched Ted Laszlo on Apple TV? I haven't. I don't have Apple TV. If anyone wants to give me their Apple TV login, I would love to watch it. It seems like a hilarious show. I've heard nothing but great things. Friend of the pod, K-Dog, Kellis Robinette, big fan of it as well. So I want to check it out. Uh, Nathan, Prezo4 keeps it going. Pumpkin stouts, pumpkin ales or both. I'm all of the above. I love a good pumpkin stout or porter on the dark side. But again, a good pumpkin ale. I, I love them. I love all pumpkin beers. Um, I'm getting sad. I think the pumpkin boy movement is very real. A lot of liquor stores are already sold out of their pumpkin inventory for the year. So if you haven't jumped on the pumpkin boy train, I'd get out there and try it as soon as you can. Uh, he continues on. Is there minimum games that a team should have to play to get into the college football playoff this year? Uh, how would you decide if you're on the committee? I would say if you're not, I would say if you're seven and zero with a declared conference championship, you could be considered. Anything less, no. Or if you're six and one, no. Um, if you're going to have a loss, you better have played at least eight games. Um, but again, that it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see how the committee deals with the pack. 12 and big 10 honestly i i'm a little frustrated by how few games those two conferences are playing they're still going to try to get in they're still going to be ranked all that type of stuff i think it's bullshit but we'll see what happens that's how i do it if you're 7-0 and with a declared conference championship yes if you're going to have a loss you better have played eight or nine games um favorite and least favorite color commentary play-by-play analyst i i'm i don't honestly have a lot of opinion here. I love Gus and Joel. I, I really enjoyed them. Uh, Tim Brando was rough. I, I went back and watched the TCU game. I was at a wedding and I didn't get to watch it live, but Tim Brando was rough. That was very bad. Um, and there's been some rough broadcasts. And I think a lot of that has to deal with, uh, you know, how much folks are actually at the games. It's so much tougher for a play-by-play and color guy to, really call a good game if they're not in person I, I i really do like kirk herbstreet and fowler i think that they're real good as well uh so you know those are some of my favorites there's no one who i ever cringe i'm like god damn it we have so-and-so on the call but tim brando he had a he had a very rough game um nordy jelson comes into there comes into here and says we're recruiting receivers right well we have two that are signed up two that are really i'm really excited for rj garcia down florida I think he is going to be the real deal. And Hawkins down in Texas, our other wide receiver commit, he is having a massive season down there in Texas in the 5A classification. He's one of the top uh, statistical receivers down there in Texas right now. So because we do have so many two wide receiver formations, having those two, I feel fine. I'm not panicking. I don't feel like we need to rush out there and grab another one. If we get a transfer, cool. If there's another one that the staff likes, cool. But then also the 2022 class, they have a ton of stun, stud wide receivers in the state of Kansas, including another Lockett, Struber, all sorts of great athletes who play wide receivers. So I'm not panicking on wide receiver recruiting. Yes, it is a frustrating position group right now, but I'm not saying, hey, we need to go out and find three or four more guys right now. Uh, Nick uh, L1134 asked for some pumpkin beer recommendations. Nick, you need to get out there and just grab whatever you can find in the marketplace right now. 
Uh, places are selling out. So if you see something, go after it. But we said it a couple times. Schlafly's real good. I like O'Fallon as well. Um, Atomic Pumpkin uh, is amazing. I, I love it. It's It gives you best of both worlds. You get some spice and you get uh, the pumpkin flavor that you like. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others that I've had this year that I've really liked. Pumpkin Smash was a very good one. Um, Elison Brewing, they have a lot of different... I, I got their pumpkin sampler, all four of them, amazing. Um, so I would just get out there, and if, you, if you're really trying to find it, if you can find Schlafly, grab it. Uh, otherwise, just, just dabble in while you still can, while it's still in the marketplace, but it's selling out fast. So if you want... If you want in on pumpkin beer, you need to get in there now. Um, Evan D. Shanalanalak, he asks, who on this team would you project to get Big 12 honors at this point in the season? I would say Deuce Vaughn is going to have a shout. I'd say A.J. Parker is going to have a shout. White Hubert can get into the conversation. I think um, Blake Lynch could probably get in there. He probably need, he probably can't miss again with the early misses he's, he's had, but he's had some clutch kicks, so... I think he can get in there. I think Drew Wiley can get in there. Um, J-Mac. J-Mac definitely can get in there. I think J-Mac could have an opportunity for Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year if he keeps it up. I'm trying to think. Maybe Sullivan. Maybe Sullivan. Briley Moore. Maybe Briley Moore get in there. Um, but, yeah, I think those are a handful of guys. I don't know if, if BB wasn't hurt. I think he might have been able to. Get on the all Big 12 list as a lineman. Um, Revis has a little bit of name recognition, but I just don't think he's been playing well enough. So that's where I'm at right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, Evan D. Shanelanelak asks Will Harry try to have the best game of his career next Saturday? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I think our running backs tend to have a lot of luck versus KU in uh, you know, the last 15 years, 12 years, 11 years, however long the streak is at this point. Um, so maybe we'll see. I, I, I'm with a lot of folks. I, I think he's a great blocker, but I'd like to see his carries be going uh, either to Deuce or to one of the younger guys. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. K or KSU1 asks, is it strange after spending all summer in Manhattan that Youngblood would decide to leave early? No, it Again, we don't know everything that's going on, but the kid hasn't hadn't been home in so long. The pandemic took a toll on everyone, had that double leg injury. I think it's impossible to imagine what's going through a kid's head like that. He's, you know, 20 years old going through all that, so far away from home. Um, I, I, again, I was surprised, but I don't think it's weird. I think, I, you know, I just, I just want the best for Josh Youngblood, and I hope he finds a good landing spot and still is able to have a good career. Catsman15, which recruit from the 2021 class do you think has the biggest chance to make an immediate impact similar to Deuce Vaughn? Uh, Matthew Langlos is, was one of the guys. He's a safety. Just He's from Louisiana. Got an offer from LSU. That's going to be scary all the way up until signing day. Um, I mean, I if you put a gun to my head, I would say he probably decommits and ends up at LSU. But he's one of the guys. I think Jake Rubley, he's going to have a chance to contribute immediately i think you look at uh pritchard and stevens on the defensive side of the ball of uh you know top 
uh, in-state talent from Kansas, I think they're going to have a shot. So those are the names that I would tend to think. R.J. Garcia is another one that I think might be able to make immediate day one impact, but we'll see what happens. Um, having early enrollees and up here um, early, that, that would help. Braden Wood out of Colorado, that's another one that might be good. So there, there's some candidates, but I think Deuce Vaughn is special, especially this first year. Yeah, he was bottled up a little bit versus TCU, but, I mean, he's had some special games. I, I think trying to find someone who's going to contribute that much every year is uh, kind of a fool's errand, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, marching underscore Walker, how does Jake Rubley's entrance next season change now that Skyler's out for the season? Again, I think for Jake Rubley, it doesn't change anything. I think I think it all depends on Will Howard and how he goes through the rest of the season. I think if Will Howard has a good rest of the season, I still would be very surprised if Skylar Thompson uh, comes back. So then it would just be those two. If Skylar Thompson comes back, I would almost say that's a good thing for Jake Rubley because that means that uh, Will Howard doesn't take off. And I'm not rooting for that. I would love... I would love Will Howard to take us to Arlington. I would love for Skyler to, uh, f- you know, if he wants to come back, come back. I Again, I want nothing with, but the best for all these guys. But I think if Skyler comes back next year, that's actually a good thing for Jake Rubley. Um, Jake the Recliner Guy, Gordon. So Gordon12Jake asks, top three reasons I went here, uh, or other than I went here for why I cheer for the Cats. Um I, mean, I think the first one I, I'm a Kansas kid I, I you know I live in Kansas City Missouri now but you know born and raised in Topeka Kansas so for me you know it was either going to be KC or KU uh, two deep family ties on my dad's side I'm a third generation K-State fan uh, very close with my grandfather very close with my dad was able to go to games uh, I well in hell very close with my mom's side of the family too and they had season tickets KU football and basketball and uh, I got to go to a lot of K-State football and basketball games, and I, I was able to be exposed to both of them, and I think I always enjoyed going to K-State games more, so that ha- that played a hand in it. And then again, growing up, just there were some non-family members, but people I interacted with a lot as a younger uh, person who were very obnoxious, kind of douchey KU people. Def- not my family. I'm not trying to throw my family under the bus, but... There was a uh, babysitter once upon a time. Um, she was just a horrible, gross KU fan who would like give me shit for wearing K-State stuff. And I've always been kind of a contrarian who likes to uh, have an argument, have a fight. So I think I almost, because there were some people like that who would push me towards uh, being a K-State fan because they hated that so much. And then again, just my friends in high school also, in elementary school, gravitated towards it. Um, that there anyone who I hated at my high school, they just happen to be KU fans. They're just kind of douchey. I just, I don't know. I think that there's this faux superiority amongst a lot of KU people, and that bugs me. I it was never going to be in the cards for me, and out of state was never going to be in the cards for me either. So I hope I answered your question. Um, Johnny underscore Epplesey asks, why does nursing school suck so much? He asked it specifically for Grant. Grant's not on here. Uh, Mike, I'm sorry. Uh, you'll make it through it. Again, I know Grant went through it. I had one of my very good friends go through nursing school. My cousin went through nursing school. My mom's a nurse. Lots of, so much respect for the nurses and nursing community, especially during times 
like this. You'll make it through it. You're a good guy. You're a smart guy. You'll make it through it and you'll be a great nurse. So just keep pounding the stone. L underscore Hitchhawk 23 asks, what probability would you give Thompson and Moore or any senior returning next season? And if they did return, would that uh, cause different recruits to be cut loose? Uh, no, there, no recruit is going to be cut, cut loose because seniors won't count against the scholarship count next year. Um, so really, that doesn't matter. Skyler coming back, I mean, I would say 30% more. I would say 15%. Any senior, I don't know. I don't know who may or may not come back. There's, I mean, the coaching staff still hasn't even started having those conversations. I, if you put a, if you, if you made me guess the player who I think is most likely to come back, I would say it's Noah Johnson. I think that would be a good thing. But I don't have the pulse on anyone else. Every anything I say would be a guess, except for guys who have a shot at playing on Sunday, like AJ Parker. Zero chance he's coming back. I, I really don't think Moore's going to come back. Um, I'd be surprised if Sullivan or Hughes came back. I, I would take either of them back. I, I would love Cody Fletcher to come back, but I'm just not sure. So, um, you know, if we hear rumors or whispers, we'll be sure to bring it to the pod whenever we do. SF Wildcats won. He's coming in, and we only have a handful left. Again, thank you so much to everyone for asking all these questions. He asked, given the eligibility waiver this season, should the NFL and NCAA give a one-time waiver to allow college football players to have a one-and-done year and enter the draft? That has nothing to do with the NCAA. That all comes on the NFL, and the NFL has no incentive to do that. And again, it, it isn't about how much time you spend in college for the NFL draft. It's you have to be out of high school for three years. So... I, I don't think the, the NFL PA has no incentive to change that. The NFL as a whole has no incentive to change that. Um, do I think they should? I don't know. I'm someone who thinks that especially once you're 18, you should be able to work and have any career that you want. Uh, but should an 18 or 19-year-old really be running around with grown men, 26, 27, just titans just absolute beasts of humans i think i don't think that's safe i i would love to see the xfl really take off and have an age cap where it's hey xfl 23 and under league anyone between 17 and 23 can play and i would love for that to be an outlet for uh football players who don't want to be in college because football is the only sport that you cannot there isn't a pro avenue for an athlete. Any other sport, they can do it. And I and that's why I don't really go we don't dive into this a lot on the podcast, but I roll my eyes every time the March Madness comes around, the tournament comes around, everyone talks about how much money is being made and how the players don't see any of it. And yes, that I I understand where they're coming from, but especially in basketball, you started to see this. There are leagues all across the world that will be pl- that would pay kids six figures. Any of these high-profile players coming into college, they could go make six figures in Europe or New Zealand, Australia. Now seventy-five thousand dollars in the G League. I don't have I don't have any time for uh, he- hearing this stuff when it comes to college basketball players. I don't I don't have time for it at all. Football, on the other hand, is different because they don't have an option. Uh, so. I would love to see the XFL get into the business of, 
you know, 23 and under professional football. I don't think they're going to do that, but you never know. But to the original point, no, I don't think the NFL should do that because a 19-year-old kid having to go out there and go up against grown men who, who are the biggest, fastest, strongest athletes in the world, I think that's very dangerous. So I, I don't see that happening. Another one, SF Wildcats won. If mask holes, non-mask wearers show up at games moving forward, should they be forced to put on a power towel to cover their face? That's funny. I, I, <laughs> that's pretty good, power towel. You know, I still have a power towel somewhere around here. Um, someone who, who's been to the games, let me know. I I would assume they're enforcing that stuff pretty, pretty toughly. I mean, I, again, I haven't been to any games. But when I see crowd shots, it looks like most of the folks are wearing masks. Um, so any people who have been at games, let me know. Ha, have they been good about enforcing those? I, I mean, I don't know. We got three more left. Derek Litke asks, where do you think Kansas State could have been as a program if we had taken full advantage of recruiting in ni- after the 1998 and 2012 season? This is a tough one. 1998, I mean, after 1998, again, outside of, what was it, 2001? From 98 all the way up to 2003, we were right there on the brink. We were one of the powers in college football. We were one of the best. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much better. I mean, butterfly effect, yeah. You you get a few more better high-profile guys. Maybe you win a national championship, and that changes everything. But I'm just not sure. And after 2012, um, I don't know how much there was to take advantage of because Bill Snyder... He's a legend. He almost got us to a national championship again. But again, he had no interest in recruiting. He had no interest on allowing his assistants to recruit. So I don't know how much there was to take advantage back then. Um, it's a great what-if game. I'm not sure we'll ever know the answers. Um, you know, does winning a national championship make it so you don't crash out as hard in 2004, 2005, Make it so you can hire someone better than Ron Prince the first time, which I think we had the chance. I don't know. I, I'm I'm really not sure. It, it would be interesting, you know, to p- play it out. I'm just not sure how how it ends. But it is a good question. Thank you, Derek. Um, Blake Morris asked, and this is one where I really wish Grant was here. If you had to stop cheering for your favorite team in any league, had to start being a super fan of their rival, which team would it be and why? If I was going to do a cop-out, I would say I'm a very casual Glasgow Rangers fan in the Scottish Premier League soccer. Um, very casual. I watch their games. I watch a lot more since they're on ESPN+. Plus. But if I was going to cop-out, I would say them and I'd become a Celtic fan just because Rangers is the team I have the least emotional connection to. Um, and part of the reason I just chose a side between those two teams uh, because of the deep rivalry, I think it's one of the greatest rivalries in sports. I, I'd flip to Celtic, mainly just because, again, my connection to Rangers isn't that deep. And then after that, it gets a lot tougher, but I'd probably have to be, I would, I would switch out of my Chelsea FC fandom in the English Premier League and choose either Arsenal or Tottenham. Oh, God, and that would be tough. Um, prob- oh, God. I don't even know who I'd choose, but I'd choose one of those two teams. and It'd be tough, but again, it just comes down to um, it's over in Europe. Again, it's it's for me a little more casual than any of my fandom here. I know Grant would not choose that. Um, 
I'd be interested in Grant's answer. I'll have to ask him the next time we have him on the pod. But Arsenal is way bigger for him than Chelsea is for me. So I know he would not choose Arsenal and become a Spurs fan. So, But mine would be Chelsea and I'd just become a Spurs or Arsenal fan. But that was a great question. Final one, Evan D. Shandalanilak. Going into the season, it seemed like most coaches were going to get a COVID pass. Uh, that does, If that does not stand, who on the Big 12 would have a hot seat? I, I mean, I, I really think that Tom Herman might get fired if they don't turn it around. Again, I thought it was they were going to have a COVID pass as well, but we'll see what happens. I, th- I think Tom Herman could definitely be fired. I think he'd be the only one. I don't see a scenario where anyone else would get fired uh, this season. I could see maybe Les Miles retiring. Uh, the dude just doesn't have it. He's uh, Yeah, he, he probably should retire, but I don't think anyone's going to get fired except for maybe – Tom Herman. Maybe if Oklahoma State flames out because the buyout for Gundy after all the shit in this offseason, it, it plummeted. But I, I think Herman's the only realistic one. So that's all we have. Uh, to, or Wednesday we will come to you with the KU preview. It's KU week. Um, hoping for another blowout. Again, we're in the midst of the longest winning streak in the history of this rivalry, and it's been one of the biggest and longest most played rivalries in the history of college football and we're sitting in the single most dominant period of time in that so when KU fans try to trot out the all-time winning series bullshit just remind them that the two most dominant times in this rivalry have been held by K-State. K-State now has two winning streaks much longer than anything KU's ever had over us so uh, don't put up with any of that shit. Games played before you're alive don't matter. And for God's sake, games played before World War II, let alone World War One, definitely don't matter. Don't put up with any of that BS. Just let them know who's been the most dominant team uh, for two different stretches in it. So I hope everyone has a great Monday. We love you guys unconditionally. Love your fellow human. Don't be a dick to each other. Uh, except for KU fans if they try to bring up the stupid all-time record. If anyone ever tries to bring up all-time record, you have my permission to be a dick to them. So uh, have a great Monday, and uh, let's keep rocking.
Social Podcast Network.